All right. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret podcast. And I am your host, Dr. Tana M. Session. And I'm so excited for today's guest. So as I promised in season three, you will get to hear other voices besides just my own, which is what you were used to hearing during seasons one and two. So I've been fortunate enough where I was uh, selected as a Forbes Next 1000 honoree in December of 2021. And as a result, I joined the ranks of a thousand other entrepreneurs in that same honor. And I reached out to some of them and guess what? They agreed to come on my podcast and have a chat with me about their business. Uh, what, what about their business do they think Forbes recognized that got them on the list? Um, sharing with you what they're working on now and possibly even how you can work with them. So. Today, I'm honored and privileged to have Michelle Diamond as my host here today on Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. So, Michelle, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. So excited. So I want to start off by telling everyone uh, the name of your company, how long you've been in business, and what is it exactly that you do? Because it's a very unique business model, especially for a woman of color. Well, let's just call a thing a thing, a Black woman. <laughs> well, yes. So I run two primary businesses. Uh, the first one is Elevate Diamond Strategy, and that is a growth strategy, um, development and execution consulting firm, uh, well, consulting and interim executive firm. And that is pretty much where I work with companies to help them grow. I mean, if you really want to keep it very simple, but I help them to develop the strategies to do that. To do that, I mean, people say we help companies grow all the time. <laughs> you can grow mm-hmm. companies in many different ways, but typically, I'm helping companies when they're rather in certain situations. So they're rather stuck or stagnant, and they haven't been growing. And then I come and I help them figure out why they haven't been, turn them around, and then get them on the road to exponential growth. Um, others are companies that are already growing very fast. So a lot of times I'm just helping them with scaling um, because you can blow up as a company. If you're growing so fast and you get to a point where you can no longer service anyone or manage anyone, your, your organization doesn't match. So I help to make sure that that doesn't happen and they stay profitable. And then the third one are just those that regardless if they're bootstrapping or they've been already growing at a decent pace, they've decided they want to do something exponential or exponential for them. And a lot of times that's helping them expand. So that might be helping them to enter new markets. Sometimes it might be M&A, mergers and acquisitions. Um, sometimes it just might be uh, just for the penetration of the existing markets and, and helping them to understand what the real opportunity in the marketplace is and then how they can capitalize on it in a tailored way. Because uh, just because the market is big, it doesn't necessarily mean you're just going to go in and conquer it. Uh, you have to have the tools and the value proposition to do so. And I help companies to do that on the development end. And then on the execution side, I help them as an interim executive. So sometimes I'll go in and I will just take over a particular role. It might be a C-suite role or might be an initiative-based role, like an integration. Um, And then other times execution might just mean uh, the company has a strategy in place, but for whatever reason, they're not executing it. And a lot of times it has to do with things internally. Um, Sometimes the company is just not set up to match the strategy that they have in place. Um, sometimes it's externally, they may not have had a good strategy to begin with. And so I help them to kind of remove those roadblocks and I help them to actually execute um, to, to get, achieve and sustain profitable growth and, of course, a competitive advantage. Um, and that's for companies from startup, early growth stage, small and mid-sized businesses, uh, some private equity venture capital, but all the way up to Fortune 50. So I've been very fortunate that I've been at every growth stage 
and a lot of different companies, a lot of different industries, uh, 65 companies and 31 industries to, to date. Wow. So it's been a lot. And I've been very, very, very fortunate, yeah, to work with so many different things. But it helps because then I can help companies, like, for the industries that I know and even the ones that I don't, I can bring best practices to industries um, that they wouldn't otherwise get, which, again, gives them the competitive advantage to help them to typically, you know, get or stay at the top, Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, what their goals are. Um, The other business is my uh, executive resume, executive and board resume and bio uh, consulting firm. And that is, I help to do resumes for those who are already executives, those seeking a corporate board seat, um, and then those who are aspiring executives or those who um, sometimes even aren't existing boards to doing the bio, which becomes much more important when you get to that level, um, as well as the resume itself. So that business, um, I've been, my goodness, I've been doing that almost 18 years now. Oh, I forgot. The Elevate Diamond Strategy has been doing over 17 years now. And then this other resume business I've been doing over 18 years now. And um, also very um, appreciative of the fact that we have a 98% placement rate and satisfaction rate um, since its inception. So very, very happy about that. Helps a lot of people... Thank you. Get a lot of positions and, and move up in their careers. Uh, for me, it's really just about helping companies and individuals get to the, that next level, you know, whatever the next level is. And, um, you know, even though they're two different businesses, they all have a level of coaching, they all have a level of positioning, and they all have a level of really understanding, you know, where are you going to be able to capitalize, you know, in the best way, given what your goals are. This is what your goal is. This is how you get there, and this is how you get there effectively and efficiently, and in a way that's going to set you apart. So individuals, that's setting you apart so that you can get a position, um, whether, again, whether that's a board seat or an executive role, and for a company, that's about setting you apart so that you beat your competitors and that you're always number one. Wow. So you sound like you're a very busy woman. <laughs> you're dealing with corporate <laughs> clients, individual clients. I mean, it's phenomenal. And the fact that you've been doing this for so long. So as I said, it's unique to have someone who looks like me doing this type of work. How did you even get started on this strategy work and, and getting your foot in the door with these corporations? Yeah, you know, it was really funny. Um, I didn't even know what growth strategy was. Never even heard of strategy consulting, to be honest. Um, you know, when I went to when I was younger I had wanted to be a lawyer and um, I went to school I'm from New York um, and so I don't know for people who are in New York you understand you know it's almost like a college where you can apply to high schools based on what you want so the high school I went to actually had a pre-law program and I actually was doing really good because back then I used to like to argue now I can't stand <laughs> it if you want to argue you can go and do that by yourself I, I need peace now but back then I used to like to argue <laughs> so, and win the arguments, supposedly. Oh, okay. But I didn't understand energy. Well, I didn't understand energy back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, in my heart now I do. I'm like, no, honey, I'd rather have peace. But back then I did. And at the school, I was really fortunate. Um, I had a, a high school teacher who actually was retired from Wall Street. And he's like, oh, you're going to be an accountant. And I was like, I didn't even know what that was. He said, yeah, you're going to be a CPA. You'll be a corporate lawyer. I said, fine. So I went to school for that. I did, you know, I did. He just said, he said, well, if you become that, you'll always have a job. And back then I was like, oh, I want a job all the time. So, okay. <laughs> so I went to school for that. But then, uh, and I did start off my career in accounting and finance. And then I, I did end up going, working at Ernst & Young and I got my CPA. But then I was doing work that, um, you know, and I was good at it. And I loved it, honestly. A lot of people hate auditing. I loved it. 
because you got to see everything. You got to learn all these companies and everything like that and work with all these clients and companies and get all this confidential information. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I was doing work that was above my level. So as a staff person, they had me supervising. Then I got a supervisor. I was managing clients. I mean, some clients I was even running. Like I'm doing the work of a partner. and I wasn't getting paid as a partner. I didn't get the title. I didn't get anything mm-hmm. like that. And I thought to myself, you know, if I stay here, I'm going to keep on doing the same thing. And so I'm not going to grow professionally. And then they're not paying me, you know, when I'm worth And, you know, for them, it's if you just make it the next year, that's your, you know, that's your reward you yep. know, kind of thing. So, you know, I, I just felt like, well, you know, this is not going to work. And I was, I was honestly really stressed out. And fortunately, a friend of mine who I worked with, you know, he saw me stressed out one day and we just started talking and I was telling him what was going on because I started looking for the jobs and they kept on trying to peg me as an accountant. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't see more than that. That's, that'd be even better than a regular accountant. So that's when he said, oh, you should look into strategy consultant. I was like, what's that? So I didn't know what that was. And he told me what it was. And I was like, oh, that's how I was like, I would love it because I had loved working with the different companies and clients. Um, and, but this time I would be a part of actually like making these numbers happen versus just reviewing them, let's just say as someone who might be in accounting and finance. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that for mm-hmm. me, I want us to make those numbers happen. And so he's like, well, to do that, you need to go to a top business school. And I was like, I didn't even know what a business school was. I was like, what's that? He's like, wow. look, he's like, go and look up us news and world report. I was like, okay. <laughs> and he said, he said, you want to go to a top school? So I was like, okay, fine. Like, I mean, it was, it was, I was so green then, but it was exactly that. And I just literally looked at the list and I crossed all places. I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want to live because um, I don't like the cold. So it was nowhere north of New York. <laughs> and I figured, okay, <laughs> I mean, it was that simple. And then at first I thought I was going to apply to six schools, but with a full-time job and traveling and supervising and not understanding how, how much it takes to get an MBA uh, and apply to, to one of those five schools. I ended up only applying to three, was fortunate enough to get into two, and then chose Duke to go to get my MBA. Um, and when I was there, I, you know, pursued strategy consulting. So I did end up working for Accenture um, in their um, strategy department. And that was really great because it gave me a chance to work on a lot of companies. I had learned from my Ernst & Young days to work on, mm-hmm. like, small to mid-sized ones so I can do everything versus just focusing on one area. So I worked on, like, startup, a lot of SaaS companies, um, startup technology companies. One took IPO. And the other one um, took the acquisition in terms of helping them to scale and, and achieve these big growth goals. So, you know, I had that experience and then went to Cigna and, you know, got a chance to oversee like a $20 million company and then build up a competitive intelligence function in one of their divisions. And, you know, and I had my experience before that. So, you know, I got to a place where I wanted to go out on my own because, you know, personally at the time, it just it didn't make sense for me to live out of a suitcase in terms of mm-hmm. how the traditional strategies and consulting model was back then. I mean, the world has changed so much now. Everything's remote now. But right. back then, you still had to. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't find. I just had in my mind, well, this is what I want to do. So I had created the company in my mind. Once I got the vision for something and I know I want to do it, I'm like, okay, I, I execute it usually right away. And it was so clear, but in my mind, I remember thinking like, oh, I probably won't do this until I'm like 40 or something, but I might as well, you know, create the business now. But then, you know, they had some management changes at my my, um, job and I knew it was time to go um, for me. At least I wanted to go type of thing. And I couldn't find what I wanted out in the marketplace. And so I just said to myself, well, you know, if I can't find what I want, I'm just going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I, um, I got really, really great mentors who had been successful in terms of their own market research firms or consulting firms. And I just spoke to them in terms of, you know, I got their knowledge in terms of what it would take. And so they told me it would take about six to 12 months before I got my first client. They were right. It took like 10 months <laughs> before I got my first mm-hmm. client. And a lot of that was networking and, um, and allowing people to get to know me because consulting and even the resume, I mean, they're both relationship-based businesses, um, consulting even more so because people have to trust you, you know, with their companies. They have to trust you, excuse me, to be able to help them achieve their goals. And that's not a, an easy thing. So, um, you know, after I got a chance to, you know, network enough and get the right insights from enough people, I finally got like my first client. And And actually, ironically enough, my first client had nothing to do with strategy consulting. It had to do with the resume business, which I had only started because I figured, well, if it's going to take me six to 12 months before I get the strategy thing going, I need to still gain some income. That's right. So let me start this resume business, which I had known how to do since school. And, you know, let's just see how it, how it works. I plan on stopping the resume business. I never stopped because I kept on going through referrals. But then in terms of the main business, the first client actually hired me because I knew how, because of the resume business, ironically. They're like, oh, you know how to write. And so I was like, yeah. And they said, well, can you come in and work on this project for us? And it was an actual, it was an advertorial and it had nothing to do, at least I thought, with strategy. But what I didn't know is that they were testing me to uh-huh. see if I could do something small right then, you know, I could do, I, they could trust me with bigger things. Mm-hmm. And so Makes I sense. almost didn't even take it. Yeah, I almost didn't even take it because I was like, what? Like, I, I didn't want to know about the resume business. I'm like, that was supposed to be hidden. You know, that's what I was just doing to make money until the big thing just saw. But it wasn't that. And so even though at first I didn't even know what advertorial was, and I was very honest with them. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. They're like, oh, you'll figure it out. And they were absolutely right. Like, I spoke to a marketing friend, and they're like, oh, she's like, you read those things all the time. I'm like, oh, that's what it's called? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know how to write and write a position. And so I did well with that. And that particular, that first concert with that client, that ended up being a two-and-a-half-year partnership. Wow. And I got work from them for two-and-a-half years just from doing an advertorial where I got $1,000 for that thing. <laughs> and that's how my strategy consulting business started. But then, you know, once you get started, People refer you, you know, you get, you know, um, and then I kept on networking and then I already had the pedigree and the background. It was just really more about people just needing to get to know me. And Mm so once you start doing great work, then people refer you. And, you know, I did a lot more networking, on, especially on the front end and more speaking engagements and things of that nature. And then, honestly, there's always another part, you know, aside from my effort and those direct things. You know, I believe, you know, when you're focused on something, the universe just tends to kind of get it, kind of get like, oh, okay, this is what she wants to do. Let me bring some other opportunities in front of her that, you know, she never really thought about. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's a lot of things in the beginning that were, okay, I spoke to this one, I spoke to that one, and other things. I still don't even know um, how some people might have found me or certain things came. But the good thing was that once an opportunity came in front of me, I was able to capitalize on it. And then, you know, as the years went on, because in my mind, I figured if the business didn't work, then I would just, you know, after a year, I was going to give it a year. And if it didn't work, I'd just leave and just get a job. But fortunately for me, it's been 17, over 17 years now. And it's just been, while it has been a lot of ups and downs and not always easy, you know, it's been really great in the sense of, you know, I've been able to do a lot of great work and work with a lot of great people and help all these companies achieve their goals. And on the, again, the resume side, helped a lot of people to get the jobs that they want and, and really help to elevate them as well. Great. 
Well, you unpacked a lot. And I was taking notes as you were talking because there's some key things you said here. I want um, those listening to this podcast to pay attention to. You mentioned the fact that you have mentors and that's so important. Mm -hmm. There were studies done where they said that underrepresented groups, and that would be people of color, women, those are mm-hmm. diff- different abilities, et cetera. When they have mentors in their life or even within the organization, they tend to stay longer and also be more successful. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned mm-hmm. the fact that you had these mentors that you know were open and willing to share their knowledge and experience and ask your questions as you were growing. You also talked about um, the opportunities that came that you were ready, right? So one of the things I tell people is, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, because there, there's a quote, and I know I'm going to slaughter it, but it says something to the effect of opportunity is the manifestation of preparation. So if you're always prepared and you stay ready, when those opportunities come, yeah, you may be a little like Ayana Van Zet says, shaking in the knees a little bit because you're scared. That's good. That means it's challenging you. It's something out of your comfort zone, but stay ready. Would you agree? Yeah, I was smiling as you said it, because I know it was the exact same quote as my mantra, but actually <laughs> my, and I forget the, no, I honestly, I haven't. And I, the minute I heard it, I, I actually wrote it and it was in my office, like every mm. single day, but I think about it all the time. And it's, and it's, and it's actually on my website too. I, I believe it's on my resume website, but um, it's still my, my personal mm-hmm. mantra. So it's, and it's a similar, so it's better to be prepared and have no opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Yes, that part. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's, and, that, and I forgot that I don't want to take this because obviously I didn't come up with this. One <laughs> <laughs> who came up with it, I heard I heard some people probably say it in the elevator once. Honestly, I kid you not. And I said, "Oh, and my spirit is cooking." I remember, I mm. ran. Oh, I ran back. I typed it up <laughs> and put it, printed it out, and I put it there like it was a poster. But it, and like I said, it's on my website because I mean, especially the resume website because you yeah. know that's a lot of times the job opportunities and things like that. But but yeah, I, I completely agree because um, you know some things it's it's fine if you need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of you know on the fly kind of thing. I mean. You know, a lot of times people talk about industry experience. I would say the majority of the work that I got before I got it, I didn't have direct industry experience. You know, I had the functional skills and experience across all these different right. industries. And fortunately, you know, the people that are, I mean, there's always two schools of thought. Some people feel like, oh, you can't do anything unless you've been doing this industry for 30 years. And honestly, that's usually not the case, but that's what they believe and that's okay. Yeah. And then the second group of thought is like, no, they get it. It's like, look, you know, the same way with the salespeople. You can sell a pen, you can sell a pad, you know? That's right. <laughs> you, know? That's right. And, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's interesting. People's minds are different with that. But sometimes, it's, you know, I mean, and, and again, it's a mindset and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, clients that I've worked with, they've understood like, oh, no, like you have the functional expertise and you can mm-hmm. bring us these kind of fresh ideas and things like that. But it's like at the same time. So, you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, and I'm usually very honest because I think that's important to be able to say certain things. But, you know, at the same time, you have to have the confidence to be able to say it. And I will say, look, yes, I can help you to enter this market. I can help you figure out where to enter, how to do it, how to meet your competitors, how to be profitable, how to accelerate growth, all that good stuff, because I have a track record of doing so. And I'll learn your industry, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'll learn, you know, the aspects, the aspects of your market that you want me to learn or understand. That won't take me long to do. And they'll, they, uh, they get it. Cause it's one thing too, to have the confidence and the honesty to be able to say, look, That's okay, right. I've done A, B, and C. I have not done, you know, E and F yet, but guess what? <laughs> I will, I will figure out how to do it. I can figure it out. And that won't yep. be a problem. Right. And, and, and most of them, um, 
at least the clients that I've worked with understand that. And honestly, the ones that don't, I've learned over the, before I used to try to convince, but I, I don't do it anymore. That's right. Like I've learned over the years, it's like, no, because if we're going to have a working relationship, we have to be on the same page at the beginning and we have to be on the same page throughout. So if you're already questioning, you know, certain things about my That's ability at the beginning, mm-hmm. right, it's like, no. It's They're not a good one. <laughs> right. But, and you're going to be picking apart things that are going to yep. be unnecessary. And so, you know, and so I just kind of say, okay, you know, like I still say my case. And then after that, I'm like, okay. And then that's it. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then you just kind of move on because then there'll be the next opportunity with the one that's easy and effortless because they say, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yes. that's what you want. That's what you don't want. That's what you bring to the table. Oh, I get it. And then you just kind of go from there. Yeah. And you mentioned something too about the relationships, right? So I had a business coach a few years back. And one of the things he said that stuck with me is that people want to work with people they know, like, and trust, but that also applies for right. you as a consultant. Like you want to know, like, and trust your clients too. So it goes both ways. Absolutely. And you know, I want to talk to you about, so we probably have some people that are listening that are entrepreneurs. They're not Fortune 100s, Fortune 50s, Fortune 5000. How would you work with someone like me? So I'm, a, you know, small business. I have uh, consultants that I work with, et cetera, but I don't have, you know, a huge uh, payroll. So just curious if you work with small business owners, someone who, let's say, is like me as a consultant, how will we work together? Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I've worked with everyone. Some of us have zero entrepreneurs <laughs> up to Fortune 50, so I've worked with them all. So, well, first, um, you know, I, I didn't mention this, and I should have mentioned. So, you know, I recently just finished publishing my first book. Yay! Um, which is, thank you, <laughs> which is a 10-step guide to creating your own growth strategy for your company. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit long, but it, it, it's self-explanatory. Um, you know, and I wrote it because honestly, I used to, uh, the speaking engagements that I alluded to earlier mm-hmm. were a lot of times two small business owners and none of them even knew what growth strategy was, let alone how to apply to their own uh, businesses um, or companies. And so I wrote this because uh, I'm like, okay, well, you can afford a book, you know, or books <laughs> for your, you and your staff, you know, what I mean? whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, you know, or a few hundred, you know, if you want to buy everyone a copy type of thing. Um, you know, just to walk through and, and it really is just breaks down how to do your own growth strategy in 10 steps. And I made it super simple and very easy so that anybody could follow. So that's kind of like step one. Um, but then a lot of people buy the book and then they still want like advisory help. And that's yeah. fine too. So a lot of times when I'm working um, with individuals, aspiring entrepreneurs or, you know, small business owners, they may retain me for just advisory services. So that might be, you know, for like a several hour package or like retainer based. Um, type of thing, which is a set fee per month, and mm-hmm. then you just get access to me. So if you have questions or you want me to review certain documents and give feedback um, directionally, I mean, usually it's like a hodgepodge, because especially as a small business owner, you know, one day it could be, you know, marketing, <laughs> next day it could be, <laughs> right. you know, something with your plan, next day it could be something with the team. So, you know, it, it, it ranges the gamut <laughs> in terms of the questions and issues that are, ha- you know, that um, are uh, needed to be answered and it's really good for them to have like a advisor like myself like a confidant because you can't always go to your accountant or your attorney or anything and you can't always go to your staff obviously or you know depending if you're a one person it's just you or you may not have anybody else be able to bounce this off so I will give the strategic advice and operational advice because again even though I focus on a strategy you know again I have run businesses um, before where I've had T&L responsibility and of course my own 
So, you know, I'm able to help in any way, shape or form. So usually mm-hmm. that works well for them. Um, another way that I have worked um, with small businesses and startups is, you know, I may just do like a portion of certain things or a portion for a certain period of time. So, for example, you know, a strategy and a strategic plan will be, let's say, you know, X amount and they may not be able to afford it. So then they may just say, OK, can you work on the competitive analysis? you know, for me, and or can you work on okay. the, the market research piece, you know, things like that. So, you know, maybe core pieces that they know they don't have to strengthen, and then that's, you know, uh, a little bit more manageable in terms of the cost. So, you know, being able to, to just do the portion or, again, you know, to, it'll do something and then say, can you review it and let me know where there are gaps? And then, you know, it'll be a thorough review, you know, I mean, if I'm taking the time to review, I'll let you know exactly, you know, in each area, you know, what things need to be done and even maybe some recommendations on how to go about doing it, um, things of that nature. So I try to be very flexible, you know, with with, um, companies that are are smaller or individuals because, you know, they need help too. And then Mm -hmm. also, you know, they you know, my job is to help grow them and I have grown a lot of them. So we grow together. (laughs) And so I don't, you know, like to, yeah, I don't like to turn that stuff away. You know, at the same time, I do understand that there's constraints, but then at the same time, you know, I, I still have my standard in terms of Mm -hmm. the level of of, uh, quality work that I'm providing as well. And the ones that uh, understand, um, you know, the investment is worth it are the ones that tend to do extremely well. Great. I love it. Um, so yeah, I wanted to ask that question because I might be calling you. Uh, <laughs> I had, I just recently had some conversations with, uh, with a couple of CPAs because I'm looking for a new person. And, and one of the things they said, well, it's time for you to stop playing checkers and play chess in your business. And I was like, Ooh, Oh, okay. I heard that loud and clear. <laughs> like, yeah, you've been playing checkers for a long time. You gotta, you gotta put on your, put on the game of chess now and go after that King. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's nice. I was just gonna say that yeah, like see like accounting firms and law firms a lot of times are like refers, you know, um, ah. you know, to me for business and things like that as well because again they're excellent at what they're excellent at, you know, yep. but then they're not really there to really help, you know, grow the top line. And and there are some firms that say they do, and I'm not saying that they don't have the ability or the capability, but most of the time, you know, their their strength is obviously in doing the accounting, you know, mm-hmm. in doing the, you know, the process work and, and things yeah. of that nature. Right, right. And so, you know, that's how we're able to kind of do, any, you know, do both and things like that. And I know, because I mean, obviously, you know, I still am a CPA, even though I don't practice mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. But, um, but yeah, so, so they're usually ones to kind of say, okay, if you're really trying to grow your business and do it differently, then they'll refer um, their companies over to me as well. That's great. And one of the things I want to mention, yeah. too, I, I looked at my notes again, was I want to talk to the ladies here who are listening, because one of the things, you know, my background in HR, I've seen this many, many times, and women will tend to talk themselves out of opportunities or even jobs if they feel they can't check every single box that's required. And what I love what you said, Michelle, was that you put yourself in those positions where you didn't necessarily have all the experience. Maybe you didn't know the industry, but you didn't let that deter you. You didn't talk yourself out of those opportunities. So everyone listening, use Michelle as an example. You have permission to stretch yourself, you know, because men tend to do it all the time. They, if there's 10 uh, requirements listed on the job description and they have seven, they'll apply and say, I'll figure out the rest when I get there, or my team will help me figure it out. So I want more and more women to take on that same type of level of confidence when they look at these job descriptions and, and other opportunities where they feel like, oh, I don't have that part of the experience. or I don't necessarily have that in my wheelhouse. 
put yourself out there anyway, because you never know what might happen. Uh, so Michelle, I want to thank you for being here with me today. This is so exciting for us to be able to connect again. Um, I want you to let everyone know how they can find you, what are the websites, social media platforms, everything, including your book, uh, so that they can continue the conversations for themselves directly with you, hopefully. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah. So I'll do Diamond Executive Resumes first. And I'm glad you said that because most of the resume clients I work with, you have to get them over that hump, especially mm-hmm. for career changers. So, but that's how I'm able to do it because I did it for myself. Unfortunately, I've done it for so many others too. So Diamond Executive Resumes is, um, again, exactly how it sounds online. DiamondExecutiveResumes.com with an S, resumes versus resume. Um, Elevate Diamond Strategy, same thing, simple um, web address, www.ElevateDiamondStrategy.com. Um, for the book, it's also on ElevateDiamondStrategy.com. It's on the main homepage as well as if you just do slash book, um, Elevate Diamond Strategy, uh, Elevate Diamond Strategy slash book, you can get the book there as well as on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, so if you have any questions about anything that you heard today or you want to follow up on any of my businesses or anything um, that you feel might be helpful to you personally, then um, definitely feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Perfect. And congrats again on your honor from Forbes as a next 1000 for 2021. So welcome to the club. And I'm honored to have you here on the podcast. So thanks again, Michelle, for your time. And thank you again for having me. And uh, yeah, it's an honor, but I'm glad that it's opening up opportunities like this. So um, hopefully everybody who's listening will be able to aspire to great things as well. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Dr. Tana M. Session with an episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. Be sure to put your alerts on so you know when new episodes drop. And I look forward to staying connected with you as well. So you can find me on all social media platforms at Dr. Tana M. Session, as well as my website, TanaMSession.com. If you want to talk to me about any type of HR consulting, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging consulting, public speaking, et cetera, media contribution as well. So thanks everyone for being here and we will be back again.